Did you just say uni? Yeah, university. Yeah. <laughs> that's is that some Australia shit? Yeah, because I know y'all call it college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you uni? Yeah. That's what y'all call it. Shit? Yeah, because we cannot be bothered saying university, so we call it uni. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's crazy. I never heard that before. That's dope. It's official. For the first time ever, we have Hip Hop Hustle podcast merch. From hoodies to T-shirts to hats and even slides, go to the hiphophustlepodcast.com to get yours. Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man. You heard it here first. He's not playing. No, Aaron's not playing. No fucking game. You got your ear to the streets, man. Much love to all the people down under. And make sure y'all follow the Hip Hop Hustle podcast, man, because they're giving y'all nothing but the real shit. But yeah, man, appreciate the intro, bro. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's kick it off. Shout out to the whole Hip Hop Hustle podcast. What's up with it? All right, there we go. Welcome to the Hip Hop Hustle podcast. I'm extremely excited about my next guest, the one and only Sincerely Collins. And man, you've had such an interesting career, such a, a fantastic career so far, um, and I'm sure it's going to continue. But obviously, you're you're extremely well known for your album Destroyer, which came out. It's hard to believe it came out in 2015, right? So yep, yeah, seven years ago, it had amazing features on there like Ritz, uh, like Locksmith, uh, Dasashi from the Gym Class Heroes as well, Jaron Benton. Um, it's yeah. pretty amazing, and and you've been working with some some great artists ever since Kodiak, uh, Young Buck from G Unit, um, which personally I'm a big fan of Young Buck yeah. and Bag of Tricks Cat as well, who is a guest on the show. So I couldn't help but notice that feature on there as well, man. But your most recent single, The Last Letter, came out as well. So it's been it's been pretty amazing. When like when I was reading through and when I was looking at all the things you've accomplished, it must be pretty cool to to think back and be like yeah i did all those things yeah man it's it's really dope and thank you for for recognizing that that destroyer album is definitely uh especially here in phoenix it's definitely one of those one of those albums that you look at as like a classic um but yeah it's 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 uh it's kind of a double-edged sword man because you you really do have that you know that feeling of gratitude and that feeling of um, just being very, very grateful and very humbled by everything that you've been able to accomplish and that I've been able to accomplish. And at the same time, man, my appetite has grown. You know, I want, I want more. I want a, I want a Grammy. I want, I, I don't know if I necessarily want the Grammy, but I want that, I want that song that feels like it got a Grammy. You know what I mean? Like I want that moment. Um, and you know, there's there's more there's more things to be accomplished. There's more money to be made. There's more uh, routes to take, more sights to see. And um, so, yeah, I, I love I love and I'm grateful for my accomplishments. Um, all glory be to God. And God willing, I'm, I got a lot more coming. It's funny because you're not the only one that I've spoken to that like talks about the Grammy. But I think, like you said, it's not actually about the award of winning a Grammy. Uh-huh. It's like the being at the level of like mm-hmm. being that well recognized for your craft and like exactly. being one of the people where people go damn like they are amazing and obviously you've you've got a bit of that but like it's interesting because i imagine a lot of artists look at you and be like i wish i was in his position right now and you look at your own position and you're like i'm not happy with where i'm at mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot there's a lot of that going on and that's just kind of like the life of a creative, the life of an entrepreneur, the life of a hustler. You know what I mean? It's it's always gonna be that. There's always gonna be someone below you. There's always gonna be someone above you. And and uh depending on what your appetite is, that's what level you're gonna make it to. Do you ever feel like you'll be able to be satisfied or content? Like no matter how good you get, like do you, like because I look at someone like LeBron James, right? Like mm-hmm. he is arguably the greatest of all time, depending on who you talk to. But like he right. If he could play forever, he would play forever. If Tom Brady could play forever, he would play forever. They've accomplished everything you could imagine to do in the sport. So it's like, I wonder if you would ever be like that of like, I just want to keep breaking records and keep doing new things and keep testing myself. 
Yeah, I think that um, I think that's a key. It's, that's a key to life to kind of always like dangle dangle some cheese in front of your face in your with your own um techniques. You know what I mean? Uh, your own forms of motivation and inspiration. And um, yeah, I think the I think the greats are just are just the best at doing just that. You know, making sure that they have something that they're chasing. You know, um, just like LeBron is like, you know, I want to be the first player to play with his son. Like, you know, that's that's pretty wild um that's another thing that he could chase that like on the way to that chase you're gonna find more greatness you know what I mean like you're gonna it just just putting that in front of you you know you got three four years until that actually happened and now it's only like two years but when he first said that it was like three four five years until that could actually happen and now look at all the things he's accomplished in between there like greatest scoring highest scorer of all time just because he set that sail further past highest score of all time. And oh, I'm gonna need to be here long enough to to be with my son. So that's gonna, it's only it's inevitable he's gonna be the greatest score of all time. Cause in that time frame, in order to make it that far, you're gonna score them points. You know what I mean? So um I think that's the key, man. It's like I got a song that's coming out, a really, really crazy song with um with Bubba Sparks and Travis McCoy from from Gym Class Heroes. And in the chorus, it's called Look Up. In the chorus it says, reach for the stars if you fall you're gonna land on a cloud you know what i mean so it's like you overshoot so that even if you land short of that you're you're you you're amazing you know what i mean you you've accomplished so much just just for where you've shot to accomplish you know what i mean so funny because i say constantly aim for the stars and worst comes to worst you'll reach the treetops and mm. so like yeah, I'm a big believer in that as well, man. Like, you know, you might as well set lofty goals because right. you should try and achieve the impossible because ultimately no one knows where they'll end up. And, like, goals are, like, weirdly ethereal in the sense of on the journey to achieving your goal, you may realize that what you actually want is not that thing you originally thought you wanted and then you would right. change and you adapt. But I think having a vision of a long-term vision only helps you be able to be like, try and see your success. And I think if you look too close of like, oh man, the stars are so far away, then of course you're not going to get there because you've already like told yourself it's like an impossible journey. A thousand percent, thousand percent, bro. It's exactly what it is. Do you get a lot of that from fans in terms of like, people who are amazed by what you're doing and people who are looking for inspiration? Yeah. Yeah. I think um, my brand is I'm selling inspiration. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of what it comes down to is, um, you know, the things that I, that I tend to write about, the things that I tend to express um, often have to do with making it up out of a situation of struggle. You know what I mean? Whether that be, um, you know, early times and financial struggles, or whether that be um dealing with struggles and like family or personal issues and things like that, or just like your everyday struggle of just your average, you know, young male or female in society today, you know, um, and black struggles as well. So it's just like I represent kind of that inspiration and um. I think that's kind of what God put me here to do was to sort of uh, be a vessel for people to look at and see themselves in and uh, help them make their own decisions based off of that. So I'll get a lot of people who are often like talking to me, coming up to me, messaging me and looking for that inspiration or looking for words of advice or should I move left or right type of situation, which I necessarily know I was going to get all that you know what I mean like I didn't necessarily ask for or know I was going to get all that so sometimes it's a little interesting um especially how personal people can get you know people can get very personal in an instant and it's like you have to realize what you actually are and who you are to those people and just take appreciation that you can bring inspiration and that you can bring um words of advice that could actually help someone you know the other thing is like it's impossible for you to tell them what to do. Right. You know what I mean? Like whether it's left or right, I can imagine Mm -hmm. like personally, I would be like, Hey man, like I can't, I can't tell you which direction to go. 
I can only give you the piece of like at some point you're going to have to make a decision whether right or wrong. And so like that's like also a weird thing for for you to get pressure on. Like I'm sure it must feel like a little bit of pressure of like people come to you for advice and you're like, man, like you're you're putting a decision in your, of your life in my hands and I'm not really qualified to make that choice for you. Right. And that's why I do try to stay very um I try to just stay in in my presence, take a deep breath and try to understand where they're coming from and what they're actually needing because a lot of times they're they're not they're not saying what they actually are needing. They're they're saying they're saying what comes to them in the moment and 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 just a just a pure expression of how they're feeling. You know what I mean? Sometimes they don't know what to say. And so um oftentimes sounds this is going to sound fucked up, but oftentimes I'm almost sidestepping the actual question or whatever it is that's that they're looking for and and trying to dig deeper to what's actually really going on in their psychology and what if if and when I figure that out then I can land on some words of inspiration that could go far beyond any advice that I could give them on which way to go in life or or whatever it might be you know kind of just more of like a um give a man a fish eat for a day, teach a man to fish. Like, you know what I mean? I'd rather teach him to fish than, than just be like, oh, here, this is what you, you know what I mean? To be honest, I think that's a better method than mm-hmm. to just answer the question. Because I think you're right. I think the the reason why, the why behind any question is way more interesting than the question itself. Mm-hmm. And so, like, there is an underlying motivation of what they're actually trying to solve. So I think that's a a smart move. But what have you seen in terms of like, and you must have a lot of these interactions, but what have you seen as like the pitfall of the people that you speak to? Do you see a common challenge that they have or a common thing that they're trying to overcome? Hmm. No, not, not really. I don't really see a common theme. It's, it's actually the, the, the most common thing about it is the fact that they're so different. They're all so different. That's the that's kind of the theme of it is is that um it's all walks of life like it'll I get a lot of like parents I get a lot of like moms older older women who like maybe have sons and don't know how to how to talk to them or how to maneuver with them or um or even young moms and dads who are talking to me about parenting and stuff and I'm like dude, my daughter's, my daughter's about to turn 13. Like, I don't know what's going on. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, but, um, but they see something, they see some sort of an example in me and how I'm raising my daughter. And, and they, they obviously are missing something that they're seeing in that. And they, and they come to me for that, for that reason. And, um, but then, you know, I get young kids who are, who are athletes. I get young kids who don't know what they want to do. There's a lot of kids who don't know what they want to do. And um, that can be scary. Like that, that can be a scary situation. Like I remember, I remember being only one of one of few kids um, like right after I graduated and stuff who like really knew without a shadow of a doubt, like what it was I was coming to do. You know what I mean? Um, You know, some kids have, have football or basketball or whatever on the table some kids have this and that but like to actually know like no I'm going to be doing this <laughs> no matter what like for the rest of my life um not a lot not a lot of people know that and so it can be very scary for them uh jumping into the real world for the first time and not really having a plan um and yeah, man, just a lot, a lot of different types of walks of life, man, that, that have all different sorts of challenges, not problems, but challenges. Um, and I tell them to look at them just like that, like challenges. We don't have problems. We have challenges and we love those. I think that's great language. And I believe that about mistakes as well of like mistakes is such a negative word, but we need to, yeah, if we don't make mistakes, humans are like that. We need to fuck up unless because otherwise we're not going to learn from our fuck ups. We're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over again. But it's interesting because like I, I've spoken to a lot of people and, and definitely I think part of it is, and the only advice that I can ever give about people who are lost on their journey is like, 
you just got to try something sometimes. Like there's no, if you're lost, you got to give things a go and you got to see and you got to be willing and like there's no knowing whether it's right or wrong. You just got to give it a go and trust your instinct at some point to be like and trust your, and I think we don't trust our gut instinct anymore. I think we trust our head and we over logic everything instead of using some of our instinctual, yeah, phones tech it's that we're not even we're not in touch we're not in tune this is blocking there's a lot of signals being blocked that we didn't used to have blocked before you know it's harder to get a direct connection to source like it's hard to you know energy's not created nor destroyed like it's hard to pull from that energy that's out there when there's energy here that's radiating right next to you that's going nah i'm right here instead like throwing all kinds of other stuff out there so you just gotta learn you gotta learn to block it that's that's what it comes down to yeah and like it just like as we said who knows what the right journey is like Mm -hmm. there's there's always a fork in the road it's always but you, you cannot walk both roads so you have to choose one and the worst thing you can do is do nothing and stand still right like because Ultimately, you have to believe that you'll be able to overcome the challenges that are going to be in front of you. Um, like when I started my life, I didn't think that I would be here talking to you right now. This is kind of like a really weird thing for me to be like, because I'm like, this is the like a dream come true to be able to talk to artists. Um, right. And so, but I didn't know that would happen. It only It's only like as life evolves, you see things in front of you and you take the opportunity that you're given and you start to manifest it for real. Yep. But like, that's not what happened when I finished uni. That's not what happened when I started my corporate career. Like right. I have a corporate career as well. And so like the, that's the only advice I can give is like, you just got to try shit. You got to do weird things. Sometimes you got to like find stuff about yourself that makes you unique. Absolutely. Did you just say uni? Yeah, university. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's some Australian shit. Yeah, because I know y'all call it college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you uni? That's yeah. what y'all call it. Shit? Yeah, because we cannot be bothered saying university, so we call it uni. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's awesome. That's crazy. I never heard that before. That's dope. Well, what can I say? The show is is really a platform to help educate artists on the weird shit Australians say. <laughs> no, that's wild. That's funny. I'm gonna say that. I'm gonna say that to my homie Alex. I'm gonna be like, "Yo, you, you ever you go to uni or not?" Because he's like, ni- he's like 19. You in uni? No. <laughs> <laughs> is he Aussie? Yeah, he's Aussie. Yeah, that's why. That's one of the uh, connections I was telling you. So, um, he's actually my label mate. I think he's like 19. 18, 19, 20, one of those three. So he's right about uni age. Where, what's his, like, where does he come from in Australia? Um, I believe he's in Sydney. Okay. I, be, I believe. Um, yeah, but Alex, Alex Mather. Well, he's we're a low country key. artist. Country we're... artist from Australia. Oh, damn. Yeah, super, super dope. Well, Maybe we'll have to have him on the show as well. Obviously, absolutely, I'll um, set y'all up. But um, but it's funny because Sydney ciders, we call them Sydney ciders, and people from Mel, we have like a rivalry. There's like this rivalry of like which city is better. Um, <laughs> and they, this is what they claim. I'll I'll spell it out for everybody. They claim they got the beaches and they got better weather. We've got like actual winter. It happens here. It was raining today, and people when they come down to Melbourne, they're like. What the fuck is this shit? I thought Australia was sunny, but oh, wow. yeah. So because Australia is massive, right? But yeah, yeah, um, huge. But Melbourne, and this is why I spell it out. Melbourne is the place to live. Sydney's for tourists. So like Sydney's like all show, no substance. Melbourne is gotcha. like the shit. That that's my opinion. I'm obviously super biased, but yeah, that's yeah. kind of how I spell it out for people. <laughs> right. I'm about to hear his side now. I'm about to see what he has to say. Uh, yeah, have you have you been to Australia? I've never been to Australia, man. That's some place I'm trying to go very soon. Yeah, we'll have to get you to do a tour. I mean, shows are selling out here. I know, like Snoop came down. Um, 
Kendrick mm. came down, Jack Harlow came down. Like a lot of artists have been coming down. Yeah, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to doing some shows out there. That'll be sweet. Have you been touring a lot in the past, like? 12, 24 months? I have not. No, I've been uh, I've been doing a lot of one-off shows. Um, I've had probably like a show a month, like whether it's like a festival or like a whatever, someone just brings me out for a one-off. But um, no, I haven't toured really since 2017. Okay. Yeah, I was about to tour in 2020 and then pandemic, bam. So. Do you miss it? Do you miss like the schedule of like constant shows or is it more of a balance? Because obviously you're a father, you have family. Yeah, I think I think um I think right now because it's been a while, I miss I miss kind of the uh the youthfulness that that touring kind of uh just puts you in automatically. It kind of puts you in like a I'm always going. We're waking up early every day. We're going to sleep pretty late and we're we're doing the damn thing you know what i'm saying just constant grind um and then obviously you know seeing the fans and seeing the people and getting that energy and that reaction and and uh also another thing is like saying your lyrics out loud more you know i i really feel like that's got some power to it so um yeah i just miss i miss those those elements of touring um i'm sure once i once i hit a 50 city you know what I mean? I'll be like, man, sure wish, <laughs> sure, sure miss home. You know what I mean? But uh, but right now it's like, yeah, let's get on the road. Let's make some bread. Let's see some fans. You know, it'll be it'll be a nice time. Yeah, I'm sure. By the end, it is exhausting. Like right. while you're in, like at the beginning, it's like fun, and at the beginning, it's like new. And then when you're months in, you're like, geez, this is wear and tear like it is i'm sore in my body like my voice is sore my mind is sore from like the schedule that i'm on and i'm looking forward to just being in my own bed again thousand percent and it depends on the type of tour you're on too because like you know we've done some we've done some 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 wild rough tours that are like man like your back's hurting your back's hurting on all them drives and then we've done some tours where you know you have some comfortable comfortable situations so it's like it just depends on on the tour as well yeah, you, you got to take a leaf out of the book of the comedians that do tours. Like the, they're, they always bring mates along and they always they have like their tour buses and they're like super right. deck it out. I think they know how, how it's done. But like I look at some comedians and I'm like, man, you're doing like a 12-month tour like right. between all the shit and it's like international and like between all your family and everything that you're doing. I'm like, I don't know how how they do it. Like genuinely don't know how, to, how they do it. Like they must right. miss a lot. Well, I'll tell you one of one of the things is probably good bread, good money, and then another thing is just love for it, man. Yeah. Passion. You know what I mean? Like once you've been doing something your whole life, you almost feel weird not doing it, you know? Yeah. I the, something that you said I found really interesting is like speaking your lyrics gives them power and gives them like voice. Can yeah. you tell me a little bit more about like what what that is to you like what that means to you yeah words man words are energy you know and um the things we're saying they're all affirmations like you speak things even in your mind when you're imagining things you're kind of speaking them in your mind and then you're imagining them and visualizing them in your mind and so people don't realize very often that that is the beginning of creation so the more and more energy you put towards those words that you're speaking out the more and more those words are going to come to fruition and you know all these all these words that us rappers, singers, songwriters are are expressing in these songs, those are affirmations, you know? So um, whether positive or negative, they're affirmations. And, you know, we see some of like Kanye's, uh, some of Kanye's affirmations coming true at over, over years. I don't know if you've seen some of those, some of those memes and stuff that are like, um, Kanye predicted this was going to happen to him. This was going to happen to him, stuff like that. And it's like, words are, words have a lot of meaning behind them. And, um, and I've seen a lot of my words, um, create the environment around me. And with that being said, now I try to consciously be more aware of what I'm saying. Um, if it is, if, if it is something that's like, uh, not necessarily the best energy behind certain words, then I try to, I don't try to, then I practice um, 
I practice resetting my my mind of how I'm going to view that that line. So maybe that line might be viewed as therapy, you know, like let like expressing something that's happened to me or something like that. This might might not be something I want to manifest. This might be something that's that I'm expressing to get out. You know what I mean? So I think there's just a lot of a lot of energy to the to the reciting of our words. So what do you think about music that is not promoting of a positive outcome or not really trying to give you that same sense? Because I feel like a lot of music doesn't really promote positive affirmations. It promotes negative affirmations. It promotes, you know, things that, that may not necessarily help people. You know, drug culture was a, was a big part of it. And obviously we had, you know, we got drill as well. It's like the, the, it, it's like the evolution of music in the sense of like, depending on what's being pushed, you don't see the the positive nature in, in some of the music that's really consumed by a big audience. Right. Yeah, man. Um, unfortunately, that's, that's a lot of the music that, you know, is marketed. Um, and is uh, being pushed on a on a mainstream scale because it promotes a lot of a lot of things. Like it's pro- like you said, it's promoting negativity, but a lot of that negativity is promoting profit. You know, it's promoting profit through the negativity, through the drugs that they're selling and using, through the guns that they're selling and using, through the prisons that that they're filling up through um the deaths that they're that they're contributing to um you know these are all profit bearing avenues uh so you know if you're a corporation and you've got friends who own, own other corporations and you've got business interests in many corporations you know, you're going to take the person, you're not, you're not going to take the person who's saying, you know, fuck the corporations and, and promote them and put them on a pedestal. Um, Not often. Sometimes you will, because sometimes it sells because a lot of people are listening to mainstream and still want to hear some, hear truth, you know, so some of it gets through and a lot of it gets through, um, through, other artists who sign artists and put them through through uh, uh, certain avenues. Um, there was some damn. There was a, a there was a path I was going down with that. I'm trying to think of what it was. Uh, oh, they would they would rather they would much rather not not promote and and push that artist. They would much rather push the artist that's you know promoting five brands in one chorus, Apple Bottoms, uh, uh, Red Bottoms, um, uh, Gucci, whatever. What's the what's the Cardi B hook? Um, but like, yeah, a lot of rappers sing about Cristal. Yeah, you know, you know and it's yeah. just like, see, now now a lot of the rappers are, are realized, they're realizing what the corporations have been doing the whole time. And so they're signing artists and having them speak on their brands, which is, better now for at least keeping it in the family you know what i mean like when you're talking about like ciroc and and ace of spades and things like that um it's it's cool to see that at least we're learning like you know what i mean of of how to how to do that um but yeah man like they're gonna pick the they're gonna pick the artists that that are promoting them and their friends companies uh whether or not that's good for the culture or for a community of people or not yeah, see, I've been thinking about this for for a little while, and what's interesting is like, I've been thinking every single company is motivated by one thing and one thing only: profit and making money. Because at the end of the day, they all have to sit down in meetings and they have to declare their earnings and they have to be accountable to shareholders and they have to be—that's their one job. And so, anything that they do that is "quote unquote" good is an exercise in figuring out if we do this nice thing for society, will we get return and will it help build our brand so that people continue to fuck with us and keep Mm -hmm. buying our product? 
And so, like, it's always weird to me when people show, like, this super loyal bias to brands when Mm -hmm. all they give a shit about is money. Like, like it's just weird to me, like, okay, this brand did something good for, for the earth, but at the same time, look at all the other shit that they're doing. They only did that because they know that they're going to get customers that are going to buy their product. That's all. It happens time and time again. How many pro, how many companies get in trouble for like fucking over customers because what they did, they did an exercise in figuring out, hey, the fines that we'll get will be less than the profit we'll make from fucking over these customers. So we'll, right. can, we'll just fuck them over and we'll pay the fines. Banks have right. been doing that for years and years and years. We had that in Australia. Like during the Royal Commission, I think it was like 2017 or around that period, and they were like charging dead people and doing all this kind of fucked up shit, yeah, all these unnecessary fees, and they just realized that the fines that they were going to get will be less than the profit they were going to make from doing all the unconscionable things that they did. So they got in trouble, but like we see it all the time, and it, to be honest, it's kind of good because it helps you realize they don't give a shit. They're right. only doing things for themselves. And so same thing with music is like if music is being pushed by big corporate, big business, the question always has to be why and what are they going to get from pushing this? What other vested interests do they have? Exactly. That's why it's important we have people like you, man. Hey, that's what I'm that's what I'm here for, man. It's it's against the machine, you know? I'm raging against the machine. It's interesting to, it'll be interesting to see how artists, you know, you mentioned they're taking control and they're the ones who are, you know, starting their own companies and their own businesses and their own kind of promotion of the, of the culture. But it'll be interesting to see over time because it's like the first real generation of the, the artist taken on business person. It'll be interesting to see how the culture looks in 20, 30 years of, of what the landscape actually is. Man. It's gonna be it's gonna be a wild 20, 30 years, huh? Cause the way it's going, like we might not even be listening to people, you know, we might be listening to AI. So do you think that'll happen? Do you think that'll happen? Like we could be replaced? Because um, I mean we saw it with Jay-Z and his verse, and they used AI to make a Jay-Z verse. Right. But do you think that humans will be replaced at some point by AI? Um, having a tough time answering this question because the answer to this question is not the is not the uh, outcome that I want to promote to the universe. So for that for that reason, I'm going to say no. We're gonna we are going to um, we're going to have to develop some some values and some. Uh, Hmm. and some governing when it comes to how this is all going to work with the AI and the, um, and the voices and the, cause at what point is like your voice, yours, you know what I mean? Like, like, can you copyright a voice, you know, like, can you copyright your tone, you know? Um, so there's like a, there's a lot to that, but uh, it's going to take, it's going to take the youth, demanding in some way shape or form a change in trajectory which can happen um but it's going to come from anger and desire for something different so you know it's going to be there would really need to be a revolution of sorts to prevent the ai thing from really grabbing hold and taking over a lot of industries and there's one thing that in addition to to that that we need that is unification yeah you cannot have revolution without people agreeing yeah absolutely it's gonna have to be a mass unification of against the machiners you know which i believe that exists already um i know it exists there's a large number of people it's just it's just about the organization of that energy and that's that's what a lot of a lot of higher ups have mastered is the organization of the energy, and that's what matters when it comes down to power, is the organization of of where your 
funneling that energy. Mm. But I think you're right. I think now of like the the voice is a digital footprint. And there's like a footprint, like a as much as we have fingerprints as a unique identifier, I think right. voice will will also be that. You know, if I'm an artist like you or, or anybody else, I'm like, well, this is my voice. And I built everything I have based on my voice and my thoughts and my and my natural creativity. And the crazy thing is like you can go to programs and be like, hey, can you write me a verse in the style of this person and that person and do it on this topic and they'll be able to spit, spit it out. And it right. is pretty comparable to the artist that you're trying to do. Like because obviously it has all the data to be able to create what it is. So I'm definitely in your camp of like, there needs to be some like control over how quickly it's all changing. Cause I'll look at it right now and I'm like, this shit is scary. How quickly it's evolving and how quickly it's changing. And outside of just music and creativity of just like what it means for us as humans and what it'll mean for our ultimate evolution of like, where do we end up over time? Right. Bro, I, I seen Kanye singing Hey There Delilah. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> 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 that shit was different. I was like, damn, this kind of hits too. Fuck. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, man. It's 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 going to be a wild ride. That's, that's for damn sure. If it's one thing I know that I can foresee that it's going to be a wild ride. Mm. Well, it's going to be interesting for for the youth. I think for for us and being a bit older, it's like you know we're almost like in that era of like, nah, you guys are old. Like, of course you're against it. You're old, right? Versus right, right, like, right, right. Yeah, yeah. And then like you know, I'm I'm fifty, and and my kids are going to be like, Aaron, like, do you even know how to use AI? And I'm like, shut the fuck up, okay? <laughs> yeah, I was, for I was, real, I was here when it first came out, okay? What you got is not even the AI that I had. Like it's right. gonna be weird. We're gonna be in that world of like you're gonna it feels like the future. We're living in the in the transition of future. Like future's becoming a reality. Yeah, man. And there's also like another perspective too that I'm that I've visited also where like technology is just a branch of actual evolution of human. You know what I mean? And um like maybe, maybe the next generation of artists is just like who could use AI the best, you know what I mean? Like, and it's like on a whole nother level and we get the most incredible songs we've ever heard that just send us through like this mind rush of like all these different sensations because we've never heard anything like this because, because human has teamed up with, with technology. So it's like, I don't know, man, I guess, I guess I'm just going to have to um, see that fork in the road when, when it, comes and and make those decisions as they come you know as far as which side i'm gonna i'm gonna uh roll with hey we're going back full circle at the beginning we were talking about decisions you can't sit in the middle you've got to make a choice someday right. and and exactly. we'll all do it but i definitely think you know we're becoming more integrated with our technology like you were you know holding your phone earlier but i i think we'll be at a point where we don't carry phones that phones will be like yeah. a part of us and you know they're working on yeah. like chips which is also scary as hell, but like having direct access to internet in your own mind is like really weird. And just, just where we could end up is just kind of, I kind of can't believe that we're here. Cause yeah. like yeah. as a kid, all this shit seemed like impossible. Like the whole AI thing felt like, like flying cars. We have right. AI and we don't have flying cars. How weird is yeah. that? I thought yeah, flying cool. cars would come first. Yeah, you think flying car like we we were way off. <laughs> we thought flying cars were were the next it, bro. We didn't get we didn't even get a hovercraft yet. Yeah, but do you remember the 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 hovercrafts? But they don't didn't hover. It was like the things that you just slowly glide on. It was, I don't know. I don't even know if I saw those, but it sounds like they a just had wheels. They just had wheels. They had wheels. Yeah, they didn't hover at all. Like. I'll have to send you after this, but I think people will know what we're talking about. But like they had like these, you just put, put your feet on, they had wheels and the platform was off the ground, but they had wheels on the side. Oh, you I, mean like the little, like the Segway type of thing? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think they Okay, call, I think I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, hoverboards yeah. or whatever. 
I was like, man, yeah, this the, is the worst hoverboard I've ever seen. Yeah, exactly, exactly, man. They, it was wrong, but we didn't know. But we didn't know the internet was going to be what it was. But them, them hoverboards, man, they ain't make it. <laughs> them hoverboards, they ain't make it. <laughs> can, can I ask about your your childhood and growing up? Like, I, I've been reading, obviously, about your your bio and reading about you know the thing part a few of the things that you you went through. But do you mind if I ask you about that? No, not at all. Go ahead. How was it when you, because you talk about your own hardship and you talk about, and you talk about, you know, in the song um, Destroyer as well about what it was like. Right. In terms of like finding out that your mom had passed at a young age. Right, right, right. What, What did that do to you in terms of like mentality, in terms of like, I can't imagine the shock and the fear that could have gone through your body and, and to, and how it shaped you. Cause like looking at where you're at, I'm like pretty remarkable, like where you're at right now. But when you look back on it, do you remember feeling lost? Um, well, when I was, when I was two is when, uh, is when my mother went missing. And, um, so I think in that song, I say I lost my mind at age five. Cause it was like, five, six, that's probably around the time I kind of started, like, I had to start realizing what, what had happened, like, that my mom wasn't really around and stuff, because, you know, at two, you don't really know what the hell's going on, um, and, yeah, so, like, around, like, five or six, I think I started to, like, understand a little bit better of what was going on, and they, and the stories kind of were told to me a little bit more, and, um, yeah, bro, it's, it definitely affected me, um, in a lot of ways throughout my childhood and upbringing. Um, I felt very, I felt different. You know, I just felt, I always felt different, which I think it attributes to, um, attributes to just me becoming the artist I've become because you kind of got to have this, like, you got to kind of have this main character mentality, right? So um, I think it, it helped in a way to, be that kid who always got attention, even though it wasn't for the right reason. It was kind of like a um, either feel bad for me or worry about what I might turn into type of situation. Um, and with that being said, I was always handled with caution. Like I was always handled, not with caution, but with, uh, with, I was always handled with care. You know what I mean? Um, and that, that, that shaped me into a person who could, could just deal with a lot of energy and a lot of people and meeting a lot of different types of people and uh and and having people who who collaborate with each other who help you who are willing to help you so i just look at a lot of these things like a translation into who i was supposed to become um but yeah as far as as far as just my mom not being there uh it was definitely it was it was one of those things that you kind of just get just get sick of that being your story, you know what I mean? Um, and of course, you know, having that lack of empathy, that lack of figure of a mother who can kind of just give you that certain warmth when you're a kid and you have that certain like, you know, that certain sense of relief and comfort from them. Um, and I obviously didn't have that. My grandparents raised me and uh, they did a, they did a hell of a job. And they really, you know, they really took care of me. But um, there was definitely things that just, you know, it sent me, it sent me in different paths mentally and and um gave me some trauma uh as an adult. But I wouldn't I wouldn't have it any other way, man, because like it definitely shaped me into the person that I became, you know. Yeah, isn't it interesting that you're like, I wouldn't change the pain and I wouldn't change the challenges and I wouldn't change the fact that everything that I went through in my life because of who I am. And I think that's such a healthy perspective and like for people to hear that, like you, you've embraced kind of everything that made you who you are and not just been like, you know, I wish that was different because ultimately who you've become is only a result of all the experiences you ever had. Absolutely. And hindsight's 2020, man. Like it's, it's so much harder when you're in a hardship, when you're feeling the moments of a hardship, it's so much harder 
to relate that to who you are supposed to be and become. But once you become who you are, you can then look back on your experiences and say, damn, like that was training for this, you know? Um, and that's happened to me so many times in my life to where now it's like, it's like clockwork, man. Like I, I just have that mentality automatically, you know? Has it shaped you as a father in the sense of like Ooh. what it means for you to be a father? I'm going to say that it has, it has, but I will say that, that, that not having a father has shaped me more as a father than not having a mother. Um, you know, just having, having that person who created you, you know, they have, they have your full on, you know, their the your makeup and character just comes from this person obviously it's from your mother too but your dad is just a different that's a different thing you know um literally <laughs> but uh yeah man I, I would say I would say not having a father really shaped really shaped me as a father because I I personally know as a man what that what that lack of fatherhood meant for me and I can only imagine as a young girl growing up what that would mean to not have that that discipline that strength that backbone you know that that um that hero you know I can only imagine what that would be like for a young girl and what that young girl might possibly have a higher chance of turning into because of not having that father. And so um, that has just given me all the inspiration in the world to just make sure that if there's one thing my daughter will never, ever, ever have to worry about, it's having me to support her no matter what. Like there's, there will never be a moment in time where she can't call me and ask me for help, you know? And there's, and there's, there's times in my life where I feel like there's, I can't call somebody and be like, mom, dad, like this, you know what I mean? This is happening. This is where I'm at. You know, I don't have that. And I, I more than anything in the world want to give her that feeling when she's 22, 25, 30, 17, 40, you know, I want her to be able to call dad and be like, yo, dad always have my back. You know what I mean? Have you told her that? I've told her that, but it's probably been a while. It's probably time to tell her again. You know, it's yeah. probably time to tell her again. Yeah. I, I don't have kids of my own. So obviously any parenting advice that I give is way out of line. Cause I don't have my own kids, but it's interesting hearing you talk about what it means to be a parent and, and obviously going through what, what you've gone through and like, the importance of it and you know something that i'm and what i am cognizant of now is like you know how much we talk about mother father and then not everyone grows up with those things and how the impact that must have on like because i mean going to school of like you know obviously your grandparents raised you but like then you see everyone else with their mom their dad and it's like all of a sudden I'm like, oh shit. Like it's everywhere. It's on TV. It's on it's in movies. It's in it's in absolutely every walk of life. And it it must feel odd when you see it everywhere and not and come home and have a different familial structure. I think it felt it felt odd until it didn't. It was like it was one of those things where um you know you go through you go through enough uh trips with other people's families with their mom and dad and you're just the like the kid third wheel um you go through you know family you go through family uh thanksgivings and dinners and stuff like that and and all your families around and your aunts and uncles and cousins and they're all the dynamics are there and, and lined up, but you're the one that has this missing dynamic. Um, 
And, you know, you, you go through, you go through five, 10 of those and you're like, this is who the fuck I am, I guess. You know what I mean? And, uh, like I said, man, it's kind of, it's kind of put me in a position in life to be able to kind of maneuver in the same way without having to think too much about it. Like, um, you know, cause the life of an artist is kind of very nomadic when you, when you're really going for it. Um, and you need a lot of help, like you, like to reach a high level in anything, you have to have help and you have to be willing to know when you need help, when to ask for help, who will the right help be, who will the wrong help be. And um, I think it just helped, it just helped me to maneuver those things, man. So it's like, it became my identity so much that now it's almost like, it's like part of my character it's like it's like pinocchio has a story like you don't tell the story of pinocchio without his nose growing you don't tell the story of aladdin without him stealing bread from the from the village you don't you don't tell the story of of the lion king without without mufasa falling from the from the whatever you know what i mean like you don't you don't tell that story like that's the identity of of those stories and I've learned to embrace and live through that identity that I've been given, you know, because it's been given to me for a reason. I'm playing this character like this is my this is the main character I'm playing in life right now. You know what I mean? So it's like I'm going to main character the fuck out of it until until the wheels fall off. Well, you got to have the all is lost moment. You have to have that as the main character. Every yeah. movie you have to have. There's the, always that is the the interesting part of literally Every single movie that you ever watch has that same narrative. The all is lost moment. It is a typical archetype of any single journey. And we mm. all have the all is lost moment, whether it be in our relationships or whether it be completely different or it might be with work or whatever you go through. So I think that is a great way to look at it of like, you know, being able to move past it because a lot of people would not be able to. And that's not underplaying the the challenge that was and could have been growing up. And obviously, you know, you grew and, and you challenged yourself and obviously you had enough people around you to continue to support you. But, you know, from the outside looking in, it's only inspirational for others to be able to be like, you know what, I'm not defined by my circumstance. I'm not defined by the things that are out of my control. And if I embrace who i am and if i commit wholeheartedly to being my my own main character then i can achieve whatever it is that i put my mind to as well couldn't have said it better bro you're right well man it's only because of people like you that help deliver that back so you know it's great for me personally and i'm sure you hear it all the time but it is great for the culture and it's great for artists to have people like you continue to succeed because that is the the message that needs to continue moving forward and the things you talk about in terms of you know empower, empowerment in terms of unity in terms of love those are all positive messages that we need to continue to broadcast man i totally agree man i totally agree and and i'm just i'm just appreciative that i have a that i have a lane and that people even accept what i have to say bro like it's still it's still trippy as hell to me that people listen to me in their in their in the privacy of their homes and their cars and with their kids like people be playing that playing my music for their kids bro like that's that's wild man so I'm just grateful to be able to be a vessel. Well, I feel you, man. It is weird to know that people could be listening to this conversation well mm -hmm. after it's happened and it's right. just going to be on and that. It's just such a weird feeling that like, because I don't know about you, but I definitely, once I release a podcast, I never think about it. Like I let go of mm. it's out there and it is what it is and we'll see what happens. And it's like no longer my own. And I hate listening to old episodes. It drives me crazy. I'll listen to this back in the editing process, but like to actually re-listen once it's already out there, I'm like, mm, pass. It's right. just, it feels like it, it's not even me anymore. Oof, that's interesting. That's a good one. That's a good one right there. And I often feel like that about music. Um, 
not not so much that it's sometimes that it's not even me anymore but but more so just um that feeling of like it's final like it's like it's out there it's in the world it's in the ethos and and so it is you know what i mean like good to good to go you know um <laughs> i definitely feel that i i got this one thing from wayne where uh I don't really write my lyrics very often anymore um, or especially like write them with a pen, but I have been recently. I've been, I've been back to the pen and the pad a little bit. And uh, I got this thing from Wayne where he said when, when, uh, when he was writing back in the day before he heard that Jay-Z didn't write. So he threw away his stuff, but uh, he took all of his, he took all of his music, all this, all of his notebooks and and just crumbled him up and threw him in the trash. And so he had to start from scratch and just no pen, no pad from then on. And I just always felt the like finality of like throwing throwing those away and being like, that's it. Like, I don't need to look at these. I don't need to stack these notebooks up and, and put them away to go look at later. Like, no, like that's not even going to be me later. You know what I mean? Like that was like, this was for the ethos. Like this was so I could get the words out. The words are on wax. It's done, you know? Yeah, I think it's it's scary to do it, but I think it's also healthy to do it because you're like, what I wrote three years ago is a completely different version. I'm not the same person who wrote the sentiment there, and I can't even access the emotion and the person I was to be in a place to write it, let alone to deliver it in a way that makes sense and is honest. So I, there is definitely part of me, and I, you know, I wonder that about artists who just like stack music and they lose music because there's just like so much, and mm-hmm. like just, and I get the practice of it, but I definitely wonder about like how useful a verse is from three years ago, because it's just like a, it's just a weird place to be in where you're like, I'm I'm using that music, but it's not representative of of where I'm at in my life. Right. No, for sure. For sure. For sure. You know, the, I'm going to, the pushback on that would be not being able to tap into something that you, that you were tapped into prior, but still being able to use, use the energy of it, you know, like that, that's kind of, that's kind of got some power in it itself as well, though, because um, like when you think of uh I just I just know some of my own songs even I had um on on the destroyer out no it wasn't destroyer it was on the phoenix album right after destroyer I actually had this song called redcoat and it was about the whole situation with my mom and it was like a fictional story of like what might have happened with my with my mother's situation and I remember we uh we put out the 2012 version of it even though the the album released in 2016 because we couldn't capture that that feeling. Like I couldn't capture that same feeling of, of when I was first writing it and it being so like, holy shit, this is a crazy song. Holy shit, like world need to hear this. So by the time it came to put out that song that the world needed to hear, it was like, damn, I can't re revamp this. I gotta put out that version, the, the old version. And we literally put it out and it's one of my biggest songs to this day. So there, there is kind of like a little bit of uh, there's there's positives to both sides of it, but um, but I definitely am a fan of the of the letting go, you know. Well, I think that that in that particular scenario, it makes sense for you to release the song when you were in the that's the feeling of it in the one hundred percent feeling of it. I just find it. I think the correct choice was like not re-performing it. Because, right. because, and that's what I meant of like the separation of like the person you were when you wrote it is not the person you are when you're performing it. And it's like, oh, this, you're yeah, trying yeah. to put those two together. And it's like this weird place that you're in of like, oh, how do I reconnect this 2016 version of me, this 2012 right. version of me who wrote this and felt this, but I've healed since then. And so like I can access a watered down version, but I cannot access the exact mm-hmm. same feeling. And so it's not what I wish it was, which is what I wrote in 2012. 
And that's a good one, the healing, because that's a big part of it. A lot of the stuff you're, you're spitting pain and and then you heal. So that's that's real. That's real as hell. And also you don't really want to feel that pain forever. So that's that's only that's a good thing that you're not you're not feeling it. But um man, we've spoken about a lot. I only have one more question. I know we've got a a, a jet out in a second, but this could be the hardest question that I ask. It's the only question that I plan on the show. Um, okay. If you could recommend one album that everybody should listen to at least once to get an appreciation of, cannot be your own music, can be any genre of music. Kanye West, late registration. <laughs> Turns out it wasn't hard at all, uh, that question. Kanye West, late registration is is, in my opinion, probably the greatest greatest rap album of all time. I'm gonna go ahead and say that, man. The Kanye was was in his baggy, like he he um he was he was the he was he just encompassed this this larger than life version of like a of like a um conscious rapper in the most mainstream of ways, making the most uh musical all-encompassing music that you can that you could possibly make i think it's just a i think it's just a masterpiece and that everyone should everyone should have heard that at some point it doesn't matter what age you are you can appreciate the strings and the choirs and the singers and the and the melodies and the um and the stories you know like roses when he's talking about his grandma almost passing and hey mama and um and it was a perfect mix of new songs that that were, you know, who he was becoming and who he was at that exact moment and songs just like Red Coat that he was bringing from back in the day that he always knew the world needed to hear that he decided to pull in. Like he said, Hey Mama was from before he was signed, you know what I mean? And then pulled it in for his second album, which is interesting that I pulled that song in for my second album, too. That's a very interesting parallel. But um. Yeah, I love that you discovered so. something about yourself in this. Like, I saw, I saw that moment of like you going, yeah. oh, "I did the same thing." Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's very interesting because you would think that he would just put it on his first album, and you would also think I would put it on my first album. And the song is Red Coat, and the Destroyer album is like full red. Like it kind of looks like it would just be on that album. So that's a very interesting dynamic dynamic and parallel. I love I love to look for those kind of parallels. Well, let me ask you this because I haven't had the chance to talk to Kanye, but I have the chance to talk to you. Why did you choose second album versus the first? Hmm. I believe the second album The second album was when I was actually going through the healing process. The first album, there was a lot of anger. There was a lot of anger and emotion and stress that was being expressed in that first album. And, um, And the second album was was more of a, a therapy session. The second album was like, okay, you can't go down this chaotic path forever. What's what's bothering you? You know what I mean? And um, and I think that's that's the reason why. Now, I can't, I don't know if that you can't really say that that would be the same situation for Kanye because for him, he's like. He hadn't lost his mom yet. He lost his mom's third album, which is another parallel. We lost our moms. But um, he lost his mom after his third album. So it wouldn't be for the same reason. But I would assume, I would assume that he wanted Hey Mama to be a song that people heard after he's famous enough to do whatever he wants with it. And I say that because I remember that he was able to perform it on Oprah. You got to be pretty big 
to perform a song on Oprah, but you got to be even bigger to perform a song that's not your single, just a one-off song that you just want, just because you want to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I would assume that was probably why for him. Well, the only way we can get no for sure is Kanye come on the show, uh, right. and uh, <laughs> and we can we can do the parallel question. But uh, man, that that was it's weird. I think that was the hardest question I asked you today. That was the the most time that that it took you to to think and come up with an answer. So right, um, right, that was the hardest question. Yep. Well, what can I say? Left the best to last. Um, yeah. But man, as I said absolute pleasure you're doing some amazing things uh in terms of your career and and in terms of inspiring a lot of a lot of different people and for as we said at the beginning of the show your your recent single the last letter came out you've also got the colors single as well uh that came out this year and and you're doing awesome things um make sure you check him out make sure you follow him on all the platforms obviously ig sincerely collins um Man, is is there anything you wanted to plug? Anything else you wanted to shout out? And, and before we wrap this up, nah, man, just shout out to all of my fans in Australia, bro. Matter of fact, I want to just I want to do this properly. Um, I want to I want to see real quick what Australia is looking like on Spotify. Let's, let me see real fast. Top countries. All right, Australia, number seven. So we got U.S., Canada, Mexico, Germany, India, Brazil, Australia. I don't oh, know if yeah. you can see that. And I think out of all of those, we are the smallest population. I think we only got like 26 million people. So I wonder if per capita how we sit. Mm. See, that's even better. Let's see. These are some I – would, I would say probably – Brazil, maybe Brazil and India. Well, no, India's hella popular. I would yeah. say maybe Brazil might be the only possibly small one just because the land is so much smaller. Is that even correct? Is, is Brazil small? <laughs> I think Brazil's pretty big. I, I don't know the populations, but I know, I mean, India has like 1.4 billion people in India. Okay, if you can just pull that off the top, I'm not going to mention any more population numbers. <laughs> <laughs> the only reason I know is because a corporate... I deal with India, like India's one of my regions oh, okay. that that I that I look after. But and I went to India uh, a couple months ago, so that's how I know. Um, so it, it's not because I'm a weird freak and know all the geographies. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was just... like, damn, <laughs> one point three in India, holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> stuff. yeah, yeah. Um, but but yeah, man. As I said, absolute pleasure, and and as we said during the show, it would be awesome to have you come down. Um, I'm sure the Aussies would love to come out and see you, and uh, we can show you the sights, and then we can do this in person, which would be even better. Absolutely, man. Shout out to all the Aussie fans and promoters. Bring me out there. I'm trying to come come holler at y'all, man. And I appreciate you bringing me on the podcast, brother. My pleasure, man. Thanks for listening to the show. Please like and subscribe and follow me on Instagram at the underscore hip hop hustle for upcoming podcast news. Also, don't forget to check out my Patreon under hip hop hustle for exclusive content and to help support the show. Bye for now.